Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie. And we're joined today by Deanna Stocker, Sales Manager at Bacher Chemical Corporation. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Deanna. Thank you. Today's episode is sponsored by Brentech. Brentech is the global market leader in chemicals and ingredients distribution. The company holds a central role in connecting customers and suppliers of the chemical industry. Headquartered in Essen, Germany, Brentech has more than 17,000 employees worldwide and operates a network of more than 670 sites in 77 countries. In 2020, Brentech generated sales of around 11.8 billion euros. The two global divisions, Brentech Essentials and Brentech Specialties, provide a full-line portfolio of industrial and specialty chemicals and ingredients, as well as tailor-made application, marketing, and supply chain solutions, technical and formulation support, comprehensive regulatory know-how, and digital solutions for a wide range of industries. In the field of sustainability, Brentech pursues specific goals and is committed to sustainable solutions in its own sector in the industry served. Perfect, thanks Amelia. And thanks again, Deanna, for joining us here this afternoon. It is such a treat to not only have meetings with you this week on our day-to-day, -day, but also on women in chemicals topics. And I have a feeling these meetings or this meeting today will be a lot more enjoyable for me and for you as well uh, and those listening than, than some of our business calls. So. Deanna, I, we always kick off uh, allowing for the opportunity for you to introduce yourself to those that have joined us and, and to our community. So I welcome that. Share with us, you know, your career background, educational background, whatever is pertinent to your story. Sure, sure. Um, well, welcome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Kyle, or Amelia and Kylie. Um, I appreciate just the opportunity to um, speak at this forum. It is definitely an honor. I have enjoyed it. From the beginning, when you guys started this whole um, women in chemicals group, it has been it's been awesome. But my name is Deanna Stalker. For those who don't know me, I um, I'm first and foremost a, a wife of 21 years to amazing husband, um, three teenagers. I work for Vacher Chemical, as uh, many of you have heard. I um, I've been with the company approximately, well, technically 12 years. Um, this is kind of my second stint, and I'll share a little bit probably more on that with you um, at Vacher. but I have a pretty non-conventional, I'll say, career path for the most part. Um, I started with the company straight out of college. Um, I went to Siena Heights University in Adrian, and um, I began in a technical role. I worked in their elastomers division for a while, and then... Um, I moved up to a product development chemist in their coatings division, uh, working with silicone additives and fume silica. And so I did that for probably about seven years. And I got to a, a point where I got married. I was young, I got married and had my first baby. And um, I had that difficult decision that, you know, maybe women who are on the call today, even men, have had to make the decision of, okay, do I keep in this role and, and with my career and you know, attempt to find childcare and, or whatever that may look like, or, and I have the option, do I become a stay-at-home mom? 
And this was, it was a, this was a hard, hard decision. Um, for those of you who may not have children yet, you know, it's something that everybody may have to face. And so we, my husband and I made that tough decision that um, I was going to um, become a stay-at-home mom and raise my son. And um, we had two more children on the way. So yeah, that's a little bit of the beginning portion. Um, I don't know if you wanna, I can talk a little bit more about my sales role now, if that makes sense. Yeah, so the next question that we wanted to cover with you is talking about some of these key decision points and pivotal mm -hmm. moments in your career. So happy to continue sure. along this journey with you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was a stay-at-home mom, and this sounds crazy, for 12 years. I walked away from um, my career and, and took a break, I'll say, and, um, you know, was fully focused on my children. Again, I have three children. And um, at that point, after my third child, I started having health issues. And, you know, as we, as we go through life and, and all of us become older, um, yeah, I started having some challenges. And um, with like speaking specifically, my voice, losing my vocal cords, I, I went through, yeah, the ringer kind of trying to figure out what was kind of going on. Long story short, I became very passionate about health and ended up getting a doctorate in naturopathy because it was something that I, I couldn't get answers for. They had no help for me. So I just started doing a lot of research and um, yeah, I, I kind of, after my kids had grown up a little bit, my youngest was in kindergarten. I decided I would attempt to get into like the health field and um, I started doing a lot of speaking engagements, like with nutritional counseling, uh, working with people on ways that they can improve like their health from a, a nutritional standpoint. And, um, but unfortunately, um, you know, I was in a situation where our kids were getting older and financially it was just a struggle. And so I ended up making another decision that, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna see what else is out there, try to be open-minded. and started looking back into the chemical industry. And as crazy as this sounds, and I don't believe in coincidences, is um, I, the exact same position I had left 15 years prior was available. So this, um, you know, chemist role uh, working in our fume silica was available. I ended up applying for the job and um, got back into Vocker which I will be honest, it was, it was amazing to see this, this, a lot of the same people who I had left, you know, 15 years still there, you know, still plugging along, but I'll be honest, you know, there have been changes there. I, I saw a lot more women <laughs> in the industry, to be honest, I saw a lot more diversity, you know, amongst just the peers in general. So yeah, it was, it was exciting. And um, so as I was working as that chemist, um, that was back in 2016. I ended up, um, our, um, our company ended up building a plant in, in Charleston, Tennessee. And so my position was, was moving to, um, to Tennessee. And unfortunately with my husband being a public school teacher, um, it just was not conducive for me to move. So, um, I had really started considering looking into the area of sales. I, I'm, I'm the type, I love to meet people. I love to connect with people. And so I ended up um, applying for that role. And um, since 2018, I've been working in the area in the commercial side and have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I've gotten to meet some amazing women like yourself, Kylie. 
And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I've gotten to this point so far. Interesting story. And you said it would be unconventional and there are things in there that I didn't even know about that I am eager to ask questions about as we continue talking forward. <laughs> that's awesome though. And it's super faithful to me how you enter back into Vacher in that same position that you left 15 years later. That's, mm -hmm. yeah. that's an interesting story. And it's, I'm five years into my career. So it's, it has me kind of curious to see what will happen, right? Because a lot yeah. of people talk about how unpredictable their journeys are. Yep. And that's a testament to that. So Great. thanks for that, Dana. So we talk about, you know, your current position today as, as your sales manager role. Can you share with us how you've navigated the pandemic um, and not being able to see your customers face to face? So you talk about how, how much yep. this people interaction feels and energizes mm -hmm. you. Um, what's your experience been with that? Yeah. Well, this is, this is an interesting story. Back, it would have been back in 2019, I was at the American Coding Show. And it was right before I was, I had gotten this role in the sales um, realm. And I was talking with our vice president of silicones. And, you know, I was obviously talking with him about my interests and in, in um, the position. And, you know, it's funny, looking back now, I was saying to him, you know, we underutilize technology. Like I, I recognize I'm going into sales, but I'm like, you know, I, I feel like we waste a lot of money. We travel a lot of times unnecessarily. And, you know, I just feel like we have the access of technology in our hands and I don't feel like we use it. And, you know, he, he listened to me and, and took that in, you know, but, you know, traditionally sales has always been a role where you have to be out in front of the customer. And, and I don't believe that has changed at all in that regards, but now with the pandemic, again, who would have known two years later, here I am, and I am literally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to everybody on WebEx. This is the only way that I can do my job now. So even as we were preparing and thinking about this whole, the questions, some of the questions you had, it's like, I would have never have thought where I was, you know, back in 2019, that here we are after two years, and this is the only mode of communication we have to sell, you know, anything. So, you know, some of the things that Vacher has done, and I know you and I, Kylie, we've done some virtual lunches, as well as a virtual happy hour. And I don't know if this is common amongst other companies. Um, it may not be, but I, and I know I am not perfect at it. There's a couple women within our uh, business who literally have done like Oktoberfest where they've sent, you know, the, the, the beer steins and, and all the things and then engage them over, you know, a video chat. Um, so we have really found that, you know, when you engage a customer on that type of level, it is so much more powerful in building your relationship. I mean, we can sit here and talk business all day, you know, and, and send emails and talk on the phone. But, you know, when you literally take the time to say, hey, let's have lunch, let's just do it during lunch hour, I will, you know, send you, you know, Uber Eats or whatever, I'll, you know, pick whatever you like, and we'll sit down and sit face to face. And let's just chat about non business, you know, it, it's still, it's able to be done. And I think that's awesome. I question what that will look like as we evolve out of this pandemic. Yeah. I am a true testament to our virtual lunch and happy hours. And like you said, it is a way to continue to kind of personify and personalize the relationships because right now I feel like all I'm talking 
you know, in my work days is supply constraints and order updates and what to plan for next to avoid situations. Meanwhile, there is a, a, a woman with three kids, a husband, a, a naturopathy background that I don't know anything about yeah. unless we have these types of conversations. I mean, even my own team, we've got folks that are leaving on paternity and maternity leave. And until that happens, I will, I hate to admit this, but I, in some instances, didn't even know that they were expecting a child mm-hmm. and oh, you yeah. lose that. Um, and so I, I am such a proponent of these types of activities and I'd be interested maybe in our small group discussions or our question and answer session to hear feedback from those listening about some of these activities that they might be doing at their companies too. Well, and another thought and idea that I've done once and I will say I haven't continually stayed on it is the idea my husband when during the pandemic had to do like screencasts where he was teaching virtually to his students and He's like, why don't you do like a screencast for like your customers who, let's say you've never seen one, like you can't get in, like it's impossible. You try to call, they don't answer. Maybe you have their email. He's like, why don't you develop like a short two minutes? Cause you only got maybe two minutes of somebody's time, but develop a video where you're literally, you know, it, you could have like PowerPoint here to the side. And, and I did do this to, with a customer and, and, and literally I got the, you know, two minute elevator speech where I'm like, here's what I want you to know. I think you're going to love it. And what do you think? And I basically put it in an email link and say, listen, when you have two minutes, please take a look at this. And hopefully it, maybe it's another method that we could utilize for connecting with these customers on, on, again, a different level that we have to start thinking outside. We've had to start thinking outside the box. So Mm -hmm. another thought. I love that. I, an example, I mean, I haven't seen that from my day to day, but I'll tell you, I brought in my car for maintenance on several occasions during the pandemic. And even without the pandemic, I don't know what they're doing to my car when it's in the shop. But with my maintenance folks, I've gotten text messages, which is a video saying, Hey, it's, you know, John Doe, your mechanic here, I'm under your car, here's what we're doing. And I mean, just even that has built a loyalty to my, you know, car mechanic and, and doing that. So I wonder what that could do from a Interesting. I have not seen that with the car here. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. Amelia, any thoughts or activities that you guys are doing to share? Dana, I just want to say, I think you might be the most creative salesperson. (laughs) I know when Kylie and I were on a meeting like last summer, I think. And she was like, Oh yeah, Dana and I had lunch today. And I was like, she's in Minneapolis. And she was like, Oh no, she just Uber eats to me. And then we had a team's meeting. I thought that was so creative and especially in a time where we were all like really itching for connection and dying for it and working in sales myself, you know, we travel all over the place. And there have been times that I've flown cross country for an hour meeting and a lunch and to be able to become more efficient in a way, but still maintain that connection. Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. And, And I wonder if that's something that will be more widely adopted and, Myself, that's something that, you know, I want to try to be. And the Oktoberfest is so creative (laughs) and interesting. And it just, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I need more of that gift because I don't know (laughs) that I have it. And I I do, I need to tap into some of my other resources who are so good at like party planning and and thinking along those lines because 
Yeah. Yeah. But I think those are the types of things that customers remember. They do. So. Honestly, you're, you're right. And another thought, you know, even from a technical standpoint, something that I had noticed is a lot of times it's hard to pull together a group of people and especially people who are in laboratories. And we, we are, we are setting up and have set up in the past, very like interactive type, you know, WebExes and, and virtual meetings where, you know, we really try to engage them even more so. Um, we have some great people within our company that have really worked with salespeople and, and all people across our, um, you know, network that are showing us how to really engage people, like taking polls and, and just doing various things that gets the people on the other side of the, you know, computer and maybe they're not showing their face, but at least they're, they're getting engaged. And that's huge. Definitely. And I also, the screencast idea, I think is so smart. And I work in sales myself doing new business development is so tough because trying to get the right decision maker on the phone to reply to an email. And especially if your companies don't have any prior relationship is so hard. And I think it's really easy to just delete an email, a cold email or delete a cold voicemail, but that video component of really personalizing yourself Mm -hmm. and, and making yourself a face an identity to somebody I think is so powerful. So when you said that I wrote it down. Good, good. Because I think, especially for brand new companies interacting with each other, that just adds that human component, which is so important. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I am not some technical savvy person. I'm not, but there are always people typically within your network who can help you work through things and it's possible. I mean, it took a little bit to put the screencast together, but it can be done. For sure. Amelia, I want to listen to yours when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> Riley, I think you hear me talk enough. <laughs> no, no, not just, just barely missing this, this screencast pitch is, is what we're missing. Um, so Deanna, you've mentioned to us, you know, you've got three teenage kids at home, right? And you spent a good chunk of your, you know, your life so far as a stay-at-home mom, and you've now returned after that experience. So after having that experience and now returning to work, can you talk to us a little bit about how you found that balance and how Vocker has helped and supported you to do that? Sure, sure. You know, um, I'll be honest, the pandemic, I think for everybody, has opened our eyes to just reality, reality of our priorities. You know, it's, it's made us reflect on our careers and what we're doing. And um, I definitely know that Vocker has been very, very flexible. I mean, even in the midst of the pandemic and even I think coming out of it post pandemic, you know, they're definitely adapting flexible schedules. You know, I don't know that everybody's really gonna go back to the office, you know, five days a week, like we used to, because it's not necessary. We've, I think we've recognized that, um, you know, for myself, you know, and obviously in sales, you know, you, you do a lot of traveling and I knew getting into this, it it would be challenging, um, when my kids were a bit younger, they've, they're a little bit older now and and that's helpful. But, um, you know, I, I just think that, I think a lot is changing and shifting in, in the area of how we do work. And um, I hope, I hope, especially for, you know, younger women who may not have started families, I hope companies 
And I think we've heard a little bit on this platform that there are, you know, women-based companies who are very open to, you know, what does this look like for this person who, who contributes a ton to, you know, our company? What can we do to work with them? You know, I don't know, maybe it's part-time, maybe it's things of that nature. And I hope that continues to evolve because I, I have to believe it's not just women either. There are men who also, you know, want to play a role in their children's lives. And I've been very grateful and blessed that my husband is a public school teacher. I'm just going to be honest, you know, with him being able to get out of work at 2.30 and he gets home essentially before my kids, it, it enables me to have a peace of mind that, okay, my kids are settled no matter where I'm at. But again, that isn't the case for everybody. So hopefully I think things will, you know, shift and change and, and companies are much more open-minded to working with people. So. I think, I think it's been so interesting. Pre-pandemic, I had three years under my belt. And so, you know, the idea of retirement wasn't, isn't even a thought, right? And so to sit here five years in and think about how my mindset of what my career looks like has changed, I'll, I'll admit it. So it was, you know, I work for a, a large global organization. I fully intend to take advantage of those opportunities to, you know, potentially relocate and, and work in an office elsewhere, right? But now today I'm taking this meeting from Colorado. I never would have thought I'd be doing that while maintaining my, you know, value add and partnership with 3M. Mm -hmm. And so it's super cool to know that, you know, as I pursue the good majority of my career that I have left, what opportunities exist today that I never even considered two years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really cool to see even large global organizations embrace Agreed. changing as yep. quickly as we needed to. I think it was the pandemic gave us the push that we needed to embrace it. Although, yep. I mean, we definitely, I'll say it. I, I don't think we'd be, I'd be sitting from Colorado today if the pandemic didn't happen. Um, but I'm glad that that is the positive outcome that has come from this in terms of flexibility. Um, and I look forward to, you know, the embracing of the quicker pace of change that's happening everywhere. Yep. So. Agreed. Agreed. Great. So Deanna, our world, we're, we're talking about it a couple times. We're going through some of the most volatile and uncertain times. I would say a couple months ago when we first started asking this similar type question, it was largely centered around the pandemic, but I would say that there are definitely other um, unpredictable factors at play at this time. And it's, it's weighing on a lot of folks and it's impacting our lives. So help me to understand um, how you have maintained such a positive mindset and all of this, and even just hearing you for the last 25 minutes here, uh, it translates with each answer you provide. So talk to us about sure. how you've kept your positivity despite everything that, that we're working through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope I am somewhat of a positive person. I hope that does come across, but you know, I'm human, just like everybody else, and we struggle. Talk to my talk to my my coworkers. I don't know if Tyler's on the call, but you know there are times where it's hard. It is hard stuff. It's hard being a salesperson, and you don't have a lot to sell right now. So, at least me personally. So, it's been a challenge. But um, something I learned, uh, gosh, this is probably about ten years ago. My middle son was a first grader, and he struggled with fear 
tremendously, like to the point, and I'm not joking with you, like every five minutes, he was concerned in, in, in calling out to me and wondering where I was because he was so fearful that I was going to leave him. And there's a lot of facets, I think, that tied into that. My sister-in-law had passed away at a very young age and left behind a child. And, um, um, and also some of my words, some of the words that I was speaking to my older son who would run off in a store in a heartbeat, I was saying, listen, if I can't see you, somebody will take you. Well, the middle child heard all that and it, it, he never left my side. He was amazing. Um, but with that being said, it, 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 it revealed to me some things. He, he was, we, we put him in counseling um, because he was struggling so bad with fear. And a counselor said, listen, you know, this, this happens. It really does. It could really take some time. Her daughter had gone through it. And, you know, and I, and I also just want to remind everybody a couple weeks ago, you know, there was a Stanford soccer player who, you know, at the height of her career, you know, took her own life, obviously, because of things, thoughts that were obviously coming into her mind, you know, and through that situation with my son, I, we, I, I, I physically took like a, a picture. It was like a, a collage, I'll call it of four by six pictures that you would put into a collage. And I, instead of putting pictures, I put words of truth. I mean, there were faith-based, um, you know, truths about him. Like, um, you know, he has a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, he does not fear, you know, these were things that I was putting on his walls. And I knew that what, and I've heard it said, people believe more of what they say about themselves than what other people say about them. So I knew if I could get him to say these things about himself that were true, and we know truths about everybody. I mean, I know Kylie, what you're good at. You know, you might not always believe it, but I, you've heard it from other people. And, you know, if we can take those truths and we can start speaking them ourselves, and I know that may sound awkward, you know, but when we've got stuff going on in our minds that is negative and it's impacting ourselves, it's impacting our situations, we have to find ways to replace those thoughts with things that are positive. And, and I did that for my son. And I will tell you, I, I watched it within probably six to eight months, a kid who was so fearful, you know, we'd go to something like uh, Get Air or um, Chuck E. Cheese, and he wouldn't go play with the rest of the kids because he was so afraid that he wouldn't find us. And I kid you not, when he began to start speaking those words over himself, it shifted. It shifted his mind, his mentality. And you would never know that at 17 today, you would never know that this was a kid who wouldn't go to friends' houses. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do things. So I recognize the power of our words are, are huge. And um, yeah, what we're speaking about ourselves and believing about ourselves it has an impact in our world and in our lives, and the lives of others. I think that's great. And I think that that reminds me, I was a gymnast growing up and that reminds me a lot of not only positive, you know, affirmations, speaking them before, you know, big competitions to calm the nerves or whatever it might be. Um, but we would also like visualize success in our minds and walk through things like that. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of it is, you know, what you're, think uh, while gymnastics is a very physical sport, I would argue that majority actually leans on, on more of the physical aspect um, or the mental aspect. I'm sorry. So uh, 
That's so and interesting. Why would that be any different? Why would that be any different right. in the corporate world? I mean, right. if we want to start seeing positive things happening, why don't we envision it? You know, and again, I have not arrived. I will be the first to tell you this is something I am a work in process, but I, I know it to be true. I've had to utilize it, you know, in past experiences with myself and I've seen it shift. We're, we're great at doing it in the sports realm, you know? Mm-hmm. So that brings me to a question here. And maybe this is maybe food for thought and rhetorical, but I have, so I've mentioned, you know, we're working through this global supply chain crisis where we're talking with our supplier partners and even our teams on a consistent basis saying, you know, this is where we're not getting this. This is where this is delayed. This is where this plant is down. Well, when that's all we're hearing, how do we introduce this positive affirmation topic into those types of consistent activities? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I think you have to envision some of the positives. I, I read a quote the other day, and it's funny, I have an opportunity to mentor um, young teenage girls in a softball realm. I, my husband and I are coaching a softball team, and um, I'm sending them mental tips of the week. And um, one of the quotes that I came across, it says, the words that you speak become the house you live in. Think about that. And, and what are we living in right now? I mean, everything is so stinking negative, you know, and we feed off of it almost. But, you know, maybe it's a situation where we need to shut down some of that negativity and remind ourselves. That's another thing I I did want to mention. And, you know, I am a person who is all about application. It's great that you can tell me my problem, but tell me what do I do right now? You know, right now. And Mm -hmm. um, one of those things, too, is thankfulness and gratitude. I have learned over the course of my life that anger, frustration, and feeling overwhelmed. And then you, you put that against thankfulness and gratitude. Those two things can't coexist. They really can't try it. You know, when you're feeling those emotions and those feelings of a situation and you literally start speaking out of your mouth, thankfulness and and gratitude towards what you do have, what are the things that are occurring? It, it, it'll come back. Those feelings will come back. But if you continually discipline yourself, I feel And again, I'm not perfect at it at all, but if you continue to keep disciplining yourself in that, you will start to see change because they can't. Mm -hmm. Anger and frustration can't exist with those thankfulness, you know? And I think that's some of it is start looking at what, well, let's, what are the positives in this situation? You know, Mm -hmm. what are we seeing that is positive? Where can we, where can we expand on that? I don't know. I think that's a really good point. I'm already thinking of ways in my day to day and my team meetings where, you know, I can say, while we might be approaching a a gap situation, let's keep in mind that we haven't experienced a gap up until this point. And we've maintained, you know, supply operations there, or let's keep in mind that, you know, I've now built a relationship with a leadership contact at this supplier partner that we can leverage for the long term or whatever it might be. So definitely just a different lens that I should isn't it it's all perspective yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely Amelia any thoughts so Deanna I personally wanted Kylie to ask you this question just because anytime I've been in a breakout room with you or just interacted with you it's been a really pleasant experience I feel like you just bring really good energy um 
And I fully agree that like you speak to your, your truth and, and Mm -hmm. the things that come out of your mouth become, and, and the thoughts in your head too. Right. Mm -hmm. So the way you speak to yourself, um, becomes kind of what you believe. And this is something I really have to work on with myself. So I'm very mantra based because that's, it's like a small snippet for me to just grasp on when I need it. Mm -hmm. What are the types of things? And can you share if you feel comfortable, some of these like inner monologues that you tell yourself or ways that you kind of can work yourself out of these negative situations, always just looking for, for tangible ways to kind of reframe. Yeah. Um, one of my things that I've, oh, I've said for a really long time is life, life is too short to not be happy. I mean, it is, I mean, our time here, we have no idea what, you know, how many days we got. So, you know, recognizing that it is, you know, we've got to find in the midst of adversity. And I think all of us are going to experience adversity. It doesn't matter you know, what that may look like. And maybe it's a personal level. Maybe it's a health situation. Maybe it's your job. You know, we have to be flexible to recognizing that adversity is, it is in our world and it will be something that we face and how we handle it is going to be huge. I, I am a visual person. I have to put things in front of me. It's one thing for me to share it with you and tell you, but sometimes I, in the midst of getting blindsided by something, I need the reminder. And um, a good friend of mine, actually from Bakker, um, I think it was one Christmas, she had given me, and this is just like a, um, it's like a tag. You, it has mm-hmm. a thing that I put in my bathroom, actually. And, you know, again, you could put all kinds of truths on that. My kids see it, which I love. Um, but this one in particular says, keep calm, be still, humble yourself. You know, so there is just all kinds of things that you can do, I think, to visually put stuff in front of you, you know, when, when situations like that happen, um, you know, that, that's, you know, one way I I've been able to, to try to, I guess, overcome that type of thing. Um, one other thing that I found was really powerful. And again, I came across it the other day, you know, it says people do not decide their futures. People decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. And that's by FM Alexander. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is a deep truth right there. You know, what we create and what we're doing daily forms our future. And so, you know, depending upon what you want that to look like, you know, we need to, I guess, think about what we're thinking about recognizing when it's maybe negative or it's, it's impacting us in a, in a non-positive way, replace it with truth and, and, you know, whatever that truth is for you and speak it, speak it out loud, speak thankfulness, uh, gratitude. Again, I think those things are really powerful. So yeah, hopefully that maybe answered your question. Yeah. Good. Super helpful. Even, you know, I, tremendously helpful for me and I hope for others listening um I'm glad I'm taking notes during this because at least I can keep that if anyone wants my notes let's let me know um so Deanna we talked about how you pursued your doctorate in naturopathy um and your passion for health 
Um, can you talk to us about some things that you do to maintain a healthy lifestyle uh, and what advice you have for our community to stay physically and mentally strong? So we talked a little bit about that mental aspect, maybe just prior, if there's additions to add to that, please do. But yeah, um, I think one of the things that people don't recognize is, um, and this is scientific, is, is we have a vagus nerve that connects our gut to our brain and vice versa. And they communicate really well together. Um, depending upon what we're putting into our bodies, it can affect our minds and the way we think and vice versa. But you know, what we're bringing into our minds, I mean, I think we all know this can start affecting our gut. We can start having issues of feeling like, you know, when you get nervous about something, you can feel it in your gut. Um, so something you, you touched on Kylie was lifestyle. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of diets by no means. And, um, I think if you cannot create a healthy lifestyle, I mean, we can do lots of diets, but, you know, putting in our bodies, the things that we need is critical, especially as we get older. I mean, we can't function, you know, in our jobs when our health is struggling and, um, you know, going back a little bit to some things that I had done in the past, but, um, you know, even during this pandemic, you know, I don't think a lot of people recognize, and I know people say sugar's bad, but I don't think we recognize to the level, even when, you know, you're picking up like a cold or, um, you're fighting something off, cut out all sugar. Sugar will actually hinder your body's, um, ability, the white blood cells from, you know, um, fending off. And it, when I say that, you know, people are like, well, I really don't eat a lot of sugar, but I'm like, well, you had that coffee with all that nice, you know, coffee mate in there or whatever, or <laughs> even, even fruit. I mean, fruit is a, a form of sugar, just the same. And again, and I look at that when we're, when we're trying to fight something off, you know, we've obviously been living in a pandemic, people are picking up all kinds of things right now. And so just something to consider and think about. And Thinking about foods, one of the foods that I have really come across during this pandemic, and I know it sounds crazy, is garlic. It, it's, it's natural, it's cheap, but I am telling you, it, it has like its own natural antibiotic in it. And um, I've literally learned to, that sounds crazy, you guys don't think I'm crazy, but put it into capsules. And in, because, you know, garlic's pretty potent um, and, and just take raw garlic, minced garlic, put it in the capsule. And I am telling you, it, it is, does some wonders, gets rid of things really quickly. But those are a couple of just tips that I would, you know, recommend. I, I do a gluten-free diet, but it's only because of what I've learned. Um, again, with the health issues I had back ages ago that I have a gluten sensitivity. So yeah, there's a little bit of health tips for you. <laughs> Super interesting and I've got a lot of work to do on that front, but helpful. Um, I question maybe just selfishly for me. So you talk about how cut out sugar when, when you're not feeling your best, right? Mm -hmm. What do you turn to in times when you can feel cold coming on? Oh gosh. Um, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an MD. I only do things <laughs> just for myself personally. I'm not promoting yeah. anything, but you know, I've, I think we all have heard through the course of this time that, you know, vitamin D3 and zinc, um, what else have they suggested? I do probiotics. Probiotics are huge for, you know, mm -hmm. keeping your gut healthy and, and whatnot. Um, zinc lozenges, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, if people are really struggling for something sweet, a zinc lozenge, 
can fake your brain into thinking you're having a piece of candy, I guess. But, um, and, and hopefully it's killing two birds with one stone. So <laughs> there you go. I don't know. That's awesome. Um, but I do, I do lots of various natural things, um, whether it be supplements, kind of boosting my immune system, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but again, food, food, I would focus on the most, just trying to put lots of green vegetables into your diet is, is big, you know, and watching out smoothies have become very, very popular. And I will tell you, (laughs) be aware. I love tropical smoothie. Don't get me wrong, but nobody knows they put like a ton of turbinado sugar in there. And I'm like, please no sugar in my, my smoothie. There's already all kinds of fruits and vegetables and Mm -hmm. things like that, that are sweet. So yeah. Very interesting. Get your health tip for the day, right? I just learned about 12. So thank you for that. Uh, (laughs) Amelia, do you have any questions or comments before we open it up to our final kind of closing comments? I mean, you had me on board until the garlic capsules. I I don't know if I can get behind that, but I mean, zinc has been huge for me. I really struggle with sleeping. Kylie knows this. She'll sometimes get like 4am emails from me and she'll, she'll like start the day with like, how are you? Um, so zinc has been like really amazing, um, for that. So totally agree with that. And I was actually thinking when we were talking about the positive mindset that like, I've learned about myself in COVID that if I am in a bad place mentally, I also feel physically bad. So like mm-hmm. learning about the vagus nerve, I was like, huh, this yeah. makes some sense. Well, and I, I do question too. I mean, again, we've been put in fear. Fear of this whole pandemic has come to our brain. How much I know that our mind affects our physical body. I know this to be true. So I just question is how much are we mentally even putting onto our physical bodies because of what we think, what we believe and oh my gosh, how will I overcome this? Right. It's, it's, yeah. Mental health. I mean, you guys talked about it last week. I mean, it's increasing even in companies, they recognize they need to do more to help with our mental health. And so um, yeah, it's, it's big. It's a big topic right now. So that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, you know, all of your tips and tricks and your learnings over time with this group. I, again, I know I've learned a lot and I hope that everyone else on the line has learned something and, and hopefully that leads to some good discussion here as we wrap up. But Deanna, we always love to close out our interviews with our woman of the week. Uh, allowing for you to share any closing advice, recommendations um, you've shared with us. And I've bolded a a bunch of them in my notes here, some of the mantras that you live by. Um, So I want to open it up to you for for any closing recommendations or or insights or anything, really. Sure. Yeah. Um, Actually, a book that I've been kind of reading, um, I've read, and I'm working through it, is called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Um, by Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves. Um, this is a book that I'm telling you, again, I'm an information kind of reader, type reader, and it is so powerful how it talks about um, our self-awareness and self-management and then social awareness and relationship management. 
And, you know, I know we talk a lot about in these groups, you know, women and, and their roles and working their way up the corporate ladder, so to speak. But one of the things that was so fascinating in this book is it said that CEOs on average have the lowest EQ scores in the workplace. And I'm like, what? Uh, and, and one of the highest are the middle management. The middle managers stand out the highest. And this is all based upon emotional intelligence, what they're, what they're socially aware of themselves, how they're socially interacting with people. And it gives really practical just advice of things that you can do. And, you know, there's even like how to rate yourself in a score. Um, that you can take at the, you know, if you buy the book new, you can uh, rate yourself and score. But I think everybody needs this. I'm like, you know, <laughs> just recognizing that, you know, the words that we speak and how it impacts people. And, you know, it's huge. It's huge. So I have one recommendation of that. <laughs> awesome. That's sounds like a, a book that we all need to read. It reminds me of some of our, I'm in transition of responsibilities right now with my job and even before I jump into my new role, I've taken the strengths finder uh, assessment to determine how yeah. I can fit in with other people's strengths on my team. And I think that this kind of speaks to some of that activity about how to navigate and be aware of what others' strengths are and what mine are and what my weaknesses are and things like that. So that's great. Well, Deanna, it's been a pleasure and I want to make sure that we leave time for others if they have questions or comments. Um, so I, I pause there. I thank you for your time. And I thank you in advance for some constructive dis discussion that could occur here as we break out. But I know that Amelia and, and you discussed maybe opening it up to the large group here for questions. So I'll pause for that. Yeah, thank you for joining us today, Deanna.